we came here for the sole purpose to make Jesus known, and our mission is to bring people into full life in Christ. And where that comes from is Jesus himself said in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. And so four ways that we believe a person can experience that are on these walls in here if you're in the room is worship, connect, serve, and share. Worship is really to know God. You know, to get to know somebody, you have to get intimate with them. And uh, if you know someone, you, you got close to them, you got intimate with them, or they with you. And uh, that's what worship does. And then we connect, uh, just like was on the video, there's, there's a connection that begins to happen. And that's where, like Cliff said, we live free. Uh, and some of you need to make some new connections today. Some of you may be watching, you need to break some connections and make some new connections in your life. The reason why you're held back, the reason you're not free is because of connections in your life, the wrong connections. You get the right connections in your life and you can live free. And then you can discover your purpose and uh, that's what we help people to do through our growth track and then to make a difference in the world by sharing. And, and so God wants us to make a difference. We all want to make a difference in the world. And uh, that, that's how we do it uh, here at Crossroads Church. So last week we took a survey and I have the results. Anybody want to hear the results of last week? Just, just a few of you? Okay, well, we, we don't have to. Uh, so how many want to hear the results of last week? Okay, all right. So, uh, so here, here's what we did have. This, this was good news, is over 86% of people who responded uh, said they have a relationship with the Lord Jesus last week, that they are saved and uh, he's their savior. And that's, that's awesome. Uh, this was really exciting, is 27 people marked on their card last week, I want to start a life with Jesus today. And so last Sunday, 27 people said that they wanted to start their relationship today. And then C was, I'm not sure about today, but maybe one day I'll start a relationship with Jesus. And 13 people uh, said that they would do that. So, and, and I talked about, hey, give it a 90-day trial because if Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John are right, are, in my opinion, even mostly right about Jesus, then it deserves for you and I to spend 90 days kicking the tires and, and looking into it and seeing about it because if, it, if there's truth to that, uh, you better spend some time looking into it. And so today might be your day if you were a C to move up to a B, all right? And already this morning we had people do that. And then D, uh, these are people who said, you know, I'm probably never uh, going to um, accept Jesus into my life, but that's okay because uh, the six of you who responded that way, we're praying for you, okay? We're praying for you, and uh, here's what can happen is just like others, uh, video last week and, and this week and everything, so many stories of people who were D 
had no intent of, of giving their lives to Jesus, moved up to a C and a B and now are an A. So uh, I believe that can be your story too, and it could even change today, all right? Uh, how many remember the year 220? Anybody remember 2020? And so uh, 2020, uh, God used a global pandemic to change this church, to help us to go online. We were not doing online ministry week to week uh, before the pandemic, and God used a global pandemic in order for Crossroads Church to go online and begin reaching people both inside the building and outside the building at the same time. And much like that, uh, it wasn't a global pandemic, but God used intense persecution against the early church to strengthen it and to enable it to do what it has done, and that is reach the entire world, to spread all over the entire globe. And so what God launched in, in the resurrection of Jesus after his ascension as the believers got together is Jesus launched a movement. And I'm gonna invite you today to join the movement. Now, it's not a political movement. It's a kingdom of another type. And, and this type of kingdom starts in the hearts of people. How many know that? It starts in the hearts of people. So last week we talked about what Jesus did for us. Anybody remember that message? Uh, I wrote it up on the board, so I hope you remember it. It took me a little bit to, to write that on the board last week about what Jesus has done for us, trying to explain the, the crucifixion, how it relates, and what Easter's all about. Well, today I want to explain to you uh, what the next step was that happened after that not just what Jesus did, but what people did with the help of Jesus, specifically with the favor of the Lord upon their lives. Now, what do I mean by favor? Let's look at the Bible. Luke chapter 2 and verse 40 is talking about Jesus, and here's what it says about him. And the child, speaking of Jesus, grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the, help me somebody, favor of God was upon him. So he had the favor of God upon him as a child. And Luke 2, verse 52, skip down a few verses. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, so he's getting older and, and growing, maturing, and in what? Favor with God and man. So we see from Scripture that one thing that Jesus had upon him, he had the favor of God. The favor of God. And that favor of God gave him favor with God and with man. Now let's look at the first church, the early church, right after Jesus ascended into heaven. In Acts chapter 2, in verse 47, this church is described as praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those 
who were being saved. So the favor of God was on Jesus, and now we see the favor of God is upon people. That the favor of God rested on his church, and as a result of the favor of God, 3,000 people got saved on one day. How many take that day, right? I, I will, I will take that day, all right? Any Sunday, 3,000 people get saved and come to know Jesus. I mean, that is the favor of God. Let me give you a little better description of what the favor is. The favor is the blessing of God on our life that does this. It increases our influence with God and with people. So we see this in the New Testament that these people had influence in the culture. Again, from a very obscure place of the world. And yet the whole Roman Empire within 300 years would bow its knees. Same people who put Jesus on the cross three years later would start putting crosses on their buildings for a different reason. Isn't that amazing? The world empire of the Roman Empire decided to become a Christian nation in just 300 years after crucifying the Savior. And then favor results in unusual success or effectiveness. 3,000 people coming to know Jesus in one day, and that's probably just men were counted in that day. So it was even more than that. It affirms the things we do by his presence. We'll see that even more in a moment. But his presence upon us. They took note of them that they had been with Jesus, the Bible says. And then it acts as a shield of protection. Let me read a few scriptures. I've got a bunch of them today, so you're going to have to hang with me. Psalm 5, verse 12 says, For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. Notice this. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. God wants to surround you with this. How many would take a little of that today? Right? To be surrounded with the favor of the Lord. So maybe you pray this prayer in Psalm 90, verse 17. This is a great prayer. May the favor of our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And so we pray for the favor of God to be upon us. In that early church, had the favor, much like Jesus walked in the favor of God. The early church walked in the favor of God. And when Jesus went to church on a Sunday, actually on a Saturday on the Sabbath, they handed to him the scroll where it was written. And, and it's in Luke chapter 18, or Luke chapter for verse 18, rather, where it's written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. God wants us to proclaim the year of his favor. And I believe in our 22nd 
year of Crossroads Church. It can be a year of the Lord's favor. I believe this year, whatever year it is for you, and you don't have to reveal that today, all right? But uh, whatever year that is for you, that it can be the year of the Lord's favor upon your life. So how, how do we attract God's favor? How many, again, you'd like a little more favor this year, or you'd like some favor? Maybe you've had a rough couple of years, and you could use some favor coming your way. Attracting God's favor. Here's three things that we see both in the life of Jesus and in the early church that I want to identify and reveal to you today. The first one, to receive more of the favor of the Lord, I believe, comes as we prioritize God's house. We prioritize God's house. Here's, here's what it says about Jesus, New Living Translation of Luke chapter 2, verse 49. This is speaking of Jesus, and this is Jesus talking to Mary and Joseph. So he's talking to his parents who had lost him, which how many parents know what that's like? And, and so they had lost him, and here's what he says. He says, but why did you need to search? He asked, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house. He says, you know, if you're gonna look for Jesus, look for him in church. How many think we ought to find Jesus in church? If, if you can find him anywhere, you need to find him in church. And he says, you know, if I'm gonna be anywhere, uh, I'm gonna be in church, I'm, I'm gonna be in my father's house. And, and really, uh, this is a theme in Jesus that we'll see in a moment because in Psalm 69, verse 9, it says, passion for your house has consumed me. Is that how you feel? Passion for your house has consumed me. When we first started Crossroads Church, two things we wanted to do well. We just said, we're just going to focus on two things as we're meeting in this movie theater. And one is going to be adult worship to make it as, as good as we can do at this point as a first church is starting out. And then the other thing is awesome kids ministry. And so we're just going to do those two things. And so what happened is we had people who said, now, do you have this kind of ministry? And we'd say, no. And they'd say, well, what about this ministry? And we'd say, no. And they'd say, well, what, what, what about this one? No. And then we, they'd say, well, when are you going to have this ministry? And we'd say, I don't know. I don't know. I can't promise you that one that will ever have that ministry. We may. I wouldn't mind having that ministry, but we're we're just trying to do two things right now. That's all we're trying to do. Two things. And do them as well as we can. And that is adult worship and awesome kids ministry. And so what I like about that is to this day, there are kids in this church who bug their parents through the week asking them if it's Sunday yet. I love that. 
Bug them all you can, right? Because that, that's awesome. How many like your kids bugging you about that? You know, is it Sunday yet? Is it Sunday yet? And, and, and so uh, that's the kind of atmosphere we want to set. Well, passion for your house is consuming. And then we see the fulfillment of this in John chapter 2, verse 17. His disciples remembered that it is written. Where is it written? In Psalm 69. Zeal for your house will consume me. That's the reason why Jesus loved loves going to church is because he has zeal. He has excitement about the house of God. In Psalm 122, verse 1, in New Living, it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. If you don't like going to church, you're going to the wrong one. Okay? I'll just say it that plain. You just... Because he said, I was glad when it was time to go to church. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. In Psalm 27, verse 4, and, and I've read this before, okay, and I wasn't going to, because I got so many verses that I, I was going to read today, I wasn't going to read this one, but I, I've read this in the message version, and mm, it is just too good not to read, all right? Here's what it says. I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing, to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. That's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world. I love how that says that. The perfect getaway, far from the buzz of traffic. God holds me, head and shoulders above all who try to pull me down. How many know the weight of this world? There are things that just try to drag you, pull you, consume you, weigh you down day by day by day. And he says he lifts me. In his house. I'm headed for his place to offer anthems that will raise the roof. Come on, somebody. Do a little roof raising, you know? He says, already I'm singing God's songs. I, I'm, I, I haven't even got there yet. I'm in the shower just getting ready to go to church, and I'm already like I'm at church. I haven't even got my clothes on yet. I haven't even cooked my eggs. I haven't even had my oatmeal. I haven't even done all the things I need to do today, but I'm singing in my house. I'm getting my song on. I'm getting my praise on because I don't have to wait to get there to praise him. I wonder, I wonder what it would be like if some of you, we didn't have to warm you up first. You know, get a couple songs or so under your belt to get you, you know, all here and all, and all frenzied from whatever your week was like. And what, what if you came ready to go? I'm making music, he said to God. And look, look at what they did in the early church. Acts 2, 46. Every day, let, let's see what they did. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes 
and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying what? The favor. There it is again, of all the people. I'll tell you how to get in on the favor is get into church. And what I mean by that is participate in it. Participate in it. Don't just let everybody else praise. Don't let's let these people up here with microphones and instruments praise for you. No, Jesus said, if you won't praise me, then the rocks and the stones are going to have to cry out because they've got more sense than you do. They know I deserve the praise. And, and so I was talking to somebody last week, and they said, you know, I'll tell you when it took off for us. There are a couple that are newer to the church. And he said, we were coming and enjoying it and everything. and Friendly people and the messages and the music and everything. We were enjoying all that. But when it really took off for us is when we went to growth track. They said, when we went to growth track... And we figured out about our purpose. And we figured out how to make a difference with our lives. That's when it took off. And I just want to say to somebody that it's time for you to get to growth track. It will launch a new month next Sunday where you could easily come and get started in growth track and figure out why God put you on this planet. Because he did so for a reason. Look at what it says in Hebrews 10.25. Let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do. But encourage and warn each other. Especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. I wonder if anybody else feels like I do that Jesus just might come back at any given moment and time, even right now. Does anybody feel that way? I feel that way. I feel like Jesus could come back at any moment in time, including this very second. And here's what he says. He says, so, so quit getting out of the habit of going to church. And I just want to say to somebody sitting at home on your sofa, eating your waffle or whatever, and watching me on your TV over your fireplace and whatever that looks like, and all, it's time to get back to church, all right? And, and I'm just going to call you out because... I'm telling you, some people have gotten spiritually lazy during this time. And I know it's been a scary time and everything, but I'm telling you, if you can go to Walmart, you can go to church. If you can go to Target, if you can go to whatever, you know, if you can do those things, I'm telling you, it's just as safe to come here. And worship the Lord as it is. Okay, I better get off of there. I'm going to lose my audience, all right? So, so here's what it says. So, so here, here's what I want to say. There's a place, there's a place where God speaks, where God moves, 
where God heals, where God delivers. Yes, something can happen at home, but where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them, Jesus said. And something begins to happen when two or three are gathered. It's not that it can't happen when only one is there, but somehow something special happens when two or three are gathered in his name. And that's why it's important to be here. That's why it's important because I'll just say something to parents. Listen, parents, I know your kid is talented and whatever, and they kick a soccer ball across the the field and score you know and that's awesome and everything and I hope I hope I hope your kid is the next Pele or whatever and I hope that they're just awesome and everything and all but if you can kick a soccer ball but you don't know how to kick the devil out of your life and out of your mind and out of your emotions and out of all the things he wants to get in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Let me tell you something. Kicking a soccer ball is not going to save your marriage. Kicking a soccer ball is not going to get you off drugs. Kicking a soccer ball is not going to do all these other things. But there is someone who can help you to kick against anything that the enemy brings your way. And that's better preaching than you're acting like right now, okay? Let me just read some statistics. If you don't, just don't take my word for it. A Baylor University, Westmont College, Hope College, Discovery, they studied believers, and here's what their research found. Religious believers who embrace accountability to God, in other words, they feel like there is a God and they encounter him, experience higher levels of four variables of psychological well-being. They feel like they matter to others. They feel like their life matters, that there's dignity and meaning in their lives and overall happiness in their life. The CDC did a study. Now, I don't know what you think about the CDC, but anyway, the CDC did a study over this pandemic, and here's some important stats. What they found about young people, okay, about our young people in our country, they found that 44% felt persistently sad and hopeless. 20% contemplated or attempted suicide. And girls suffered from this twice as much as boys. They found that 49% of LGBTQ identifying young people considered suicide. They found that 25% struggled with hunger. 55% experienced emotional abuse from an adult within the home. 36% experienced racism before or during the pandemic. The study also found that when teens felt Connected. Now get this. When teens felt connected with other students and adults, they were less likely to report feeling sad or hopeless. 35% versus 53%. They were also less likely to have considered suicide. 14% versus 26%. Or to have attempted it, 6% to 12%. In other words, parents get 
your kids in church. Get them to CSM, Crossroads Church Student Ministries. Meeting on Sunday night. I know you're busy. I know gas cost you a billion dollars last month. And, and, and all that, and what I know, you can, it's another trip, got to take them Sunday night, and whatever, whatever that looks like, or whatever. I'm telling you, there are things in life that are worth it, and the life, the spiritual life of your children is worth whatever you have to pay. Whatever you have to pay. And, and by the way, adults, you're not much better. Okay, you're not much better. And, and so you need to get in a life group and, and get connected to other people because like on the video, that connection helps to break the bonds of Satan's hold over your life. When you get around other people who can pray for you, who can love on you, who can talk to you, who can share life with you, it makes a difference. Uh, let me put it this way. Life is not easy. But it's easier together. Is that not true? It's easier together. And, and by the way, one more plug. Right Now Media, we made it available to this entire church thanks to Right Now Media. But the reason why it's going to be free to you is because we're paying for it. Okay, the church is paying for it. So in essence, last week's offering paid for it for this week. So every week... Uh, it's free to you, and, and so I, I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage of it. 24-7 teaching, 24-7 helps, 24-7 entertainment for your children, 24-7 uh, spiritual empowerment. Do you know what Peter would have done if he could have had that? If John and... You know, Bartholomew and all those guys, if they could have had something like this, I mean, it's amazing, and, and it's available to you. Let me move on to some more scripture. Uh, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And, and the message translation says it this way, that this is God's year to act. See, when God wants to act, nothing can stop it. When God says to a stone, move, the stone has to move. When God says to the darkness, let there be light, there's no choice but for light to happen. And when God says to move in your life, something's going to happen. And God wants to move in your life if you'll allow him. To. Let me move on. Here's the second one. Is we need to, if we want favor to increase, we've got to prioritize prayer. I've spoken a ton on prayer in this church over the last 22 years. So let me just real quickly say this scripture. Luke chapter 5 verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. To me, that is a very convicting scripture because I wonder if, if I even come close to that. He often went and prayed. And let me just say it this way. If the virgin-born son of the living God felt 
a need to pray a lot, how much more should you? Is that clear enough? Because you're not virgin born, all right? I guarantee you. And, and, and you're not the son of God. You're not. You're not. And, and, and so we need, if he felt the need to pray that much, how much more do we need to pray? In Exodus chapter 33, uh, G- Moses is talking to God, and he talks about meeting with God. And and let me just kind of skip over this to speed things up. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you. The favor of God, in other words, is going to be on you. And I know you by name. And Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. In other words, God, I need you more than anything else. And I'm just telling you, by all this, the most important meeting of your day, your week, whatever, is with God. That's the most important one. You've got appointments with doctors. You've got appointments with the dentist. You've got appointments with your counselor or whatever. And, And by the way, we offer to this church counseling and, and we offer not only the professional counseling for whatever, but we also offer uh, habits, okay? If you've got habits and things in your life that are, that are burdensome, we offer uh, free counseling for those things, professional counseling. But I'm telling you, there is a counselor that is better than any other counselor I know. And if you'll get with him, he, he can often help you more than any other power can do. Because there is a name that is above every name. There is a person who is more than any other person. There is one. And, and the early church was always recognizing what God can do. There's a whole reason why we're in this building. The whole reason why we have this property is because of what God can do. What God can do. And here's the last one. Is to get the favor of God, you need to prioritize God's name. Okay? Prioritize God's name. And, and, and Jesus taught this. He said, you know, you know about God, but you don't know God. You know, you're like blind people leading the blind. Now, who's he talking to? Religious experts. People who had scripture memorized. And he says, you know, you've got all this religion and and you know the Bible and you've got scripture memorized and then scripture standing in front of you and you don't recognize me. You're like praying for a Messiah and here I am and and you don't recognize me. And here's the danger of religion is you can have all kinds of religion and not have a relationship with God. And here's what religion does. It often holds people back. It often keeps them down. It often binds them and prevents them from seeing the real Jesus. Look at John chapter 14, verse 13. Here's what Jesus said about knowing God and prioritizing God's name. He says, I will do whatever you ask, what? In my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father 
will give you. In, in Acts chapter 4, there was a, a, or Acts chapter 3 rather, in verse 6, Peter is encountering, Peter and John are on the way to church again. They're always going to church. And, and on the way to church, here's a beggar, and he can't walk, and he's begging. And Peter says in verse 6, silver or gold I do not have. In other words, bad news. You're not getting any money out of us. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. In other words, I don't have money, but I've got a name. How many know that there's something more important than money? There's something more important than fame. There's something more important than anything else that this world has to offer. And it is a name that can save you. A name that can set you free. And so he, he, he takes the guy by the hand and he gets up and he's walking. And so the next thing you know, people are like, well, what, what, what is that? Because that will cause a stir when that happens in church or right outside the doors. And he says, by faith, wow, in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name, just so we're clear, okay, Jesus, 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 okay? Jesus, just so we're clear. And the faith that comes through that name that has completely healed him as you all can see. And, and so they were very clear. In other words, here, here's the thing that, that you need to do. When, when people say, oh, how do you have such great marriage? How do you have such great kids? How, oh, you got a new car. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, wow, well, 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 that's so great. Oh, your house is so pretty. Or you have this or you have that. Listen, it and I lucked out. I didn't luck out and find my wife. All right? I didn't luck out and, and pastor this church. I didn't luck out and find my house I live in. I didn't luck out and find anything. I'll tell you what did it. It's the favor of the Lord Jesus in my life. If you see anything in my life and you're like, I like what he has, it was favor. It was favor of the Lord. Quit blaming it on something else in your life. Quit downplaying it. They said, we just want you to know Jesus Jesus, Jesus. And, and so then, here's what the culture did. The culture said, well, you need to quit saying that name. It's okay if you want to name Jesus. You just name him privately. Look at this in verse 18, chapter 4. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of of Jesus. I was, I'm in a group um, in the area and in this civic kind of organization group, there was a conversation a guy had to me, with me. He reached out to me because a lot of times I pray in the group, okay? Because if you're a preacher and you belong to any group or family or whatever, guess what? You are the designated prayer. <laughs> okay? You, you, well, pray. <laughs> you know, we need to pray. Pray, you know. Craig, pray. 
And, and so that's just how it is. And, and so I pray a lot at this particular thing. And they said to me, hey, uh, I heard a conversation that somebody was having about, you know, we've got other people coming into the group and not everybody is Christian per se and, and other faiths and different things like that. And they were talking about, you know, maybe we shouldn't pray in the name of Jesus. And what do you think about that? And I said, well, I just know when I'm called on to pray that I'm going to pray in the way that I know to pray and believe to pray, and that includes praying in Jesus' name. And, and I know that that's okay then if they call on that person and they want to pray in the name of their dead God or whatever, you know. Uh, literally, I, I didn't say it that way, but, you know, whatever name that is of a God that's not really alive or whatever, if they want to, and, and they're called on to pray, I would expect them to pray in that name. But when I'm called upon, then I'm going to pray in the way that I know to pray, and the only way I know to pray, if it's a real prayer, it's going to be prayed to the living God in the name of Jesus, Jesus. And so, so here, here's my point, is there's only one name that heals. That's what Peter was saying. Listen, there's no mystery. I didn't heal him in the name of Peter. I, I didn't do it. It wasn't in the name of Muhammad. It wasn't in the name of any other person or God or Pharaoh or whatever. Listen, it was the name of the person who rose up out of the tomb on the third day, there is a name beyond any other name. And it's, make no mistake about it, it was in that name that this man was healed. It was in that name. So here, here's my point today, is I'm concerned for the next generation. We started this church and said, we'll do two things. We'll do worship and essentially next gen. Okay, next generation. And, and we're gonna focus on those two things. And I'm telling you, to this day, we're still focused on those things. That you would encounter the living God in these services. That you don't come just to mark it off and feel good about your week and I did my duty and all. If that's all you wanna do, you can go somewhere where it's gonna take a lot less time than what I preach, okay? And all. You, you can go somewhere else, get in and out, and just check it off. But that's not our goal. Our goal is that at some point in time in being here, you would encounter the true, genuine, living presence of Jesus, the living God, because that's what you need in your life. It's what we all need. And then the other thing is, is we've got to make sure the next generation gets it. So would you do this? Would you pray for the next generation? When you're praying, just pray, God, God, these statistics, they're awful. 
God, it's horrible that that many young people feel depressed and, and feel, you know, like giving up on life. They've got so much more to live for. And, and, and so God, break through this generation. And then here's what you do as a parent, as a person, you prioritize church. Because you don't tell them it's important and then not go. Hello? Because you're saying one thing and doing another. And, and so what you've got to do is make sure you're legit, that, that you're lining up, that your mouth and your manners align. And, and so what you've got to do is prioritize so that they know it is the real deal. And then I'm going to ask you to do something else, participate. It's like that person said last week, man, till we got the growth track and we figured out we've got a purpose, it, we enjoyed it and everything, but now, mm, it's our church. Now, we, we love coming. So let me tell you something. When you do those things, here's what, here's what I think the scripture teaches. The favor comes on you. The favor comes on you. And I'm not saying everything's going to go hunky-dory because I'll tell you some stories, all right, where it didn't go all hunky-dory over the last 22 years in this church, all right? But what I will say is he's never left us. He's never forsaken us. He's never abandoned us. He's been with us always, even to the end of the world. He is with us all the time, 24-7, and I'd rather do this life with Jesus than do a 100 lives without him. How about you? So let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to share in your word. And God, today, you may be calling some of us to do a little bit more than what we've been doing because you want to do more through us. You want to show more of yourself through us. So God, Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Craig, I know. I know God's challenging me. I know God's speaking to me and I, I need to step it up. There's things I need to do. And, and, and maybe you haven't been all, all in and maybe you've been, you know, just 50-50 or maybe you've been 80, 20, and God's still convicting you. You're not 100% sold out. I don't know what that looks like for you, but if you're here today and you'd say, Craig, there's a next step for me to take. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me, and I just want the Holy Spirit, I want God to know. I want to I wanna have his favor on my life. How many are here and you'd raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me today, yeah all over this room online stretch your hand towards the screen I'm going to pray for you Father in heaven I pray for every person who needs the favor of God they need it they want it in their life and so God we, we know we can obtain it when we walk in your steps when we like Jesus do what Jesus did when we, like that early church, do what that early church did. So God, help us to navigate the culture and not worry about what people think and only focus on the name of Jesus in our life. That that name, that whether our kids know the names of all the 
Kardashians or anything else. That's not important, God. What's important is they know the name of Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the name of Jesus as Savior, as Lord of your life. Maybe you're here today and and last Sunday, maybe you were here last Sunday, you're one of those who checked, I'm not going to do it today, but maybe I'll do it another day. And maybe today is that day. Because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And if you're here this morning, you say, yeah, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Will you just raise a hand and say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, hands up in this room and online. Just type the word decided in the chat. Just the word decided. And we're going to pray for you. As a matter of fact, I want us all to pray right now. Just pray uh, from the our very core of our being up to the living God. Just uh, follow after me. Just pray this prayer. And let's all pray it so those around us will pray. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe through his death, I am forgiven. So I ask you to wash away my past. Wash away all my sin. From this point forward, as much as I know how, I surrender all to you. And I thank you for becoming my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody praise him.